0: This week, in quotes, joining us here in the studio from Korea, Jungang Daily, is editor Jim Bully. Good morning to you. Good morning. We're going to – we have a lot of, I I suppose, politically uh, related uh, quotes here. The first one is from the, uh, I guess, interim uh, temporary uh, chairman of the main opposition uh, People's Power Party. What did he have to say?
1: Yeah, so this is uh – Interim Chief, let's say, Kim Chong-in. He says, many countries have gone through this experience. Once the public gets a taste for the government's money, they don't let go of it easily. Now, this is the People Power Party uh, rallying against the government's fourth extra budget, um, and specifically the decision to include a provision that gives nearly everyone in the country 20,000 won off their phone bill. Uh, The PPP have said they won't vote on the bill if... If that provision is included, not that their vote is actually strictly necessary, um, and uh, they say that um, it's pork barrel spending, it's a it's a um, a ploy to to get good PR that that doesn't achieve anything economically sound.
0: Yeah, so uh, it does feel like there is an attempt here to to look at this overall uh, supplementary budget and the uh, relief payments to people. Uh, bottom line, there seems to be a bipartisan consensus that there does need to be help given out there, but uh, uh, I guess the devil is in the details, and they need to find some points of contention. They are the opposition party, after all, and a lot of people, and uh, to be fair, even uh, members of the ruling party have uh, questioned the uh, the soundness of uh, providing 20,000 won uh, with phone bill relief, which ultimately goes back to the major telcos, and so um, the question is whether those guys actually need it more than others, and it could be better spent. Uh, Kim Jong-un saying this, though, is interesting because he is known as the guy who's trying to move the party leftward, and yeah. he's known as the uh, economic democracy guy, and he's also been on record saying that I support some kind of universal basic income scheme. And so uh, with this, as well as some of the comments he's made with um. Trying to straddle the line between not wanting to alienate those taeguki, uh Sarang jail Church ultra right wing uh, people in terms of their protest rights and and this as well, it does seem like a very difficult balancing act to keeping that core base, which tends to be more right leaning mm-hmm. than it may be where he stands. But at the same time, trying to appeal to the broader moderates.
1: Yeah, you know, it does seem though that the the PPP with this with this fourth extra budget, really the issues have been with a few key points, but in general. Um, it's not been as divisive as I would right, have expected, right. because with the second and third extra budgets, there was a huge, huge, huge pushback, just sort of as a matter of principle. We haven't seen that here. And to be fair to the ruling party, there is polling data that suggests that, in general, the public doesn't really get this twenty thousand one um, uh, provision, if if you like. There was a, a real meter poll that showed that fifty eight point two percent of respondents said the plan was wrong. Um, And only 37.8% said the plan is good. I think a lot of people, um, especially small business and independent business owners who are the majority of the workforce, who are the ones likely most economically hurting, don't really see how 20,000 won off their phone bill helps with months and months and months of of rent to pay without earnings and and all the other economic woes that are going on. I mean, certainly like just for average um, people living in Korea like you and I, that 20,000 won – I mean, you know, we're probably not going to complain if someone gives it to us, but it's not going to make any impact whatsoever on on – you know, monthly balance
0: yeah. sheets. And then it's just more of a, I guess, to people, a jarring statement in the sense that uh, Kim, who is seemingly a bit more expansionary in his fiscal policies, and as you say, there's no real conservative argument against any of this right now. Yeah. It does seem to be just more, we are kind of uh, niggling over these details, but uh, Kim Jong-un kind of now with this quote, I think being highlighted, perhaps an opportunity for critics of him to kind of say well look at you you you're now doing this uh, victim blaming thing where people who are welfare recipients are kind of uh, considered these people who are just <laughs> sucking off the the teat of the the government's uh, largest and and uh, kind of uh, kind of living off that uh, kind of freeloading mentality which I guess, is trying to paint him or put him into a little bit of a corner and make his uh, political situation a little bit more untenable. Yeah. And, and it is unfortunate, I think. It's an unfortunate image thing that one of the first
1: actions of the economically moderate um, interim leader of the party is to take uh, a stance against something that appears to be an economically moderate policy. Yeah. Um, as we've said, it it doesn't really fall along political lines at all. And there are um, people within the ruling party. And I'm sure that this exact same conversation happened within the government as well before this policy was rolled out. But it, you know, it certainly doesn't do Kim Jong-un's image any favors with the more um, right. left-wing moderate uh, swing voters.
0: All right. Second quote here, uh, Jim. Uh, this one from the uh, – I guess still not clear whether he is the outgoing or not, but the, uh, the chief executive officer of Incheon International Airport.
1: Yeah, this is uh, Ku Bon Hwan. He says I made efforts to achieve the government's zero non-regular worker scheme, even taking on injuries along the way. But not only has it failed to give me words of comfort, now it's trying to kick me out. Now this is a little bit of intrigue here because uh, the uh, International President and CEO Ku. Um, said on Wednesday that he had been asked to resign from his position by an unnamed senior figure in the government. He doesn't know why. Um, And uh, whilst there are things that we don't know and there are rumors of... of You know, inappropriate behavior and abuse of authority. There is also at the same time um, this idea that he could be made a scapegoat for the unpopularity of the recent policy to turn contract and part time security officers working at the airport into regular workers.
0: Well, uh, I guess one kind of leads to the other. If there are, um, these allegations and they come to the surface, then perhaps even if, uh, there is some evidence that shows that he did, let's say, misappropriate funds or, as you say, abuse authority and, and, uh, do things that were, uh, a little bit, uh, irregular and maybe even outside the law, that would be, uh, certainly grounds for dismissal. But, uh, it does seem like for him, he is trying to, uh, portray the situation as I'm being the fall guy, I'm being scapegoated uh, for all the controversies in regards to that transition from irregular to uh, uh, permanent status for a lot of my employees. Yeah, and we really
1: have, at this stage, there's no way of knowing, you know, what the reasons behind um, behind this are. But certainly the timing um, could be seen as, as convenient. He, he can very easily um, be, I mean, I, I'm not going to say scapegoated, but that is what some media reports yeah. are suggesting. Um, he can very well, you know, be painted as the person responsible for those decisions. Um, and if if there is a reason for him to
0: to resign or be fired, then you know that that is convenient. Yeah, uh, it is indeed. It should be uh, noted that he he is not uh, necessarily a political employee, He's basically been a career technocrat, right? And so uh, this is a, a person who's uh, kind of worked his way up. The rank, so to speak, in in civil service and and now kind of reached this level and now perhaps is going to be uh, shoved aside in a bit of a controversial manner. Yeah, and he was only
1: appointed in April last year. Um, His term is scheduled to end in April 2022, and it is very unusual um, for these uh, sort of bureaucrats heading government um, companies and government Organizations to be pushed out before their term yeah. comes to end.
0: Well, uh, one uh, person who is uh, certainly not necessarily a bureaucrat, he is a political figure, and uh, he certainly uh, gets highlighted here on this segment uh, quite a bit as well. The Kyunggi Governor EJ Myung with an interesting quote, and I guess uh, you're going to help us uh, interpret it. What this means? Well, I'll try. Uh, yeah, so
1: EJ Myung says, "We are not animals, but human beings with." compassion. This is another, I mean, one of the reasons why we talk about about Gyeonggi Governor Lee jae so much is because he is maybe the most soundbitey Korean politician. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, he is defending his economic policies, including Gyeonggi's so-called local currency. I mean, there's there's pages and pages of quotes related to this uh, subject, but basically he's saying, we're not animals where, you know, the strong um, are encouraged to to champion over the week. We hold each other up. That's what makes us different. And that's what his economic policies are aimed at doing.
0: So there is a debate now going forward. And you have to, if you're a supporter of him, uh, credit him for bringing this into the public discourse, whereas maybe even just a couple of years ago, a lot of this was considered really so far out of the mainstream that it wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. So uh, again, that cliche of moving the uh, Overton window with matters of things like UBI and, and ideas like the local Currency. It's often been stated that he is more, um, he's, he finds a lot more detractors sometimes within the ruling party than he does with the opposition, um, so to speak. Because there's been sort of this brewing, uh, you can't quite say civil war, but uh, a little bit of cleavage between, let's say, the pro Moon supporters and, and the pro E. J Young supporters, which dates back uh, years, even all the way up through uh, the previous presidential Elections. I know it's a little bit too simplistic to say so, but he is often compared to um, being sort of because of sort of that maverick type of uh, aura he emits. The the Bernie Sanders of Korea, or I think he—no offense, but I think he would less like the uh, comparison of a Jeremy Corbyn (laughs) uh, of 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 the UK. And so that's sort of his kind of public image right now, as it stands.
1: Yeah, he's 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 certainly a a very economically liberal, uh, largely um, populist politician in line with, um, you know, those international figures. And that does put him at you're right, puts him at odd with the ruling party a lot. And I think a lot more than we publicly know. Which which tends to be the case a a figure on the left of uh, of your your own party who's noisy and who attracts a lot of um, support is more of an issue for the for the Democratic Party itself the PPP don't have to worry about it EJ Mung is probably not pulling away very many of their supporters because he's fairly left wing but for the for the ruling party he's a serious issue from the mainstream just like
0: Bernie Sanders the interesting thing about that though is uh, I've I've, you know when you hear these pundits uh, speak on, on those various Panel discussions. The, the, the conservative opposition side, if they're gaming the the next presidential election, and you have, let's say, one figure like Ina Yen, the former prime minister, and right now the current, uh, current chairman of the ruling party, and you have EJ myung the uh, Gyeonggi governor, uh, there there does seem to be a sense that uh, there is a bit more nervousness if EJ Myoung is a candidate, because in the recent polling that you've seen, he does draw higher support than Ina does in those typical Daegu Gyeongnam. Uh, southeastern part of the country regions because of the fact that I think similarly to the appeal that you see that sort of overlap with Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump supporters, you know, those guys who don't like the establishment regardless, Uh, he does seem to attract that kind of attention and and enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a comparison he's going to hate even more, but he does have that Donald Trump anti-establishment vibe. Despite the fact that he spent almost his entire career as part of the establishment, that's the fundamental difference. He's not coming from the outside, right? He's it's, he's coming from you know one of as the right now as the governor of one of Korea's most wealthy provinces. It's a stylistic thing, and and yeah.
0: <laughs> again, I, we he he does not um, necessarily have exactly the same platform that uh, Donald Trump has, or, or certainly the same political leanings, or even uh, maybe some of the more uh, scandalous elements of that. But uh, yeah, the the comparison there uh, still stands. All right, uh, Jim. Tim, as always, thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed this, and we hope you have a good weekend. Thank you, you too. This morning with Henry Shin on TBS EFM.